Hi, I'm Lori Harp, and this is my podcast. Like most women, I wear many hats. I am a nurse, a wife, a mother, a friend, an encourager, but most importantly, I am a child of the Most High God. For many years, I believed the struggles I faced were because I was doing something wrong. I would hate myself for not being perfect. Then one day, someone told me God loves me where I am. Yes, we all face struggles and we all have things to overcome, but with God, all things are possible. In this podcast, I want to unpack the many issues facing women today. There is nothing in this life, no mistake, no flaw, no scar that is too much for God. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, let's discuss real life issues through the lens of God's love. Get ready, let's harp on it. y'all welcome to harp on it podcast it has been a crazy week getting ready for this launch there has been a myriad of emotions involved i have been up and down and everywhere in between this dream of launching the podcast has been a crazy one the truth is i'm not sure that it started out as my dream I think that I really felt like the Lord told me to launch a podcast and I kind of argued with him for a little while and then I decided, well, God, if this is what you want, then it's what I want. The truth is it's so far outside of my comfort zone that it has to be a God thing because I am not tech savvy at all. Y'all, I can't even text with two thumbs. So I know (laughs) it has to be a God thing. It has to be something that he wants to do. And it's not something that is in my comfort zone at all. But if it's something that God wants to do, then I absolutely want to be part of it. And I want to see how he's going to change lives and how he's going to make a difference in this world. And I want to be along for the ride. I wanted to take some time and give you a bit of my backstory. So today is part one of a three-part series called Bruised and Battered but Not Defeated. In my life, there's been some really tough times and some times that Satan really tried to rob me of things in my life. And he tried to steal things out of my life and he tried to kill and destroy in my life. But God did not let him. And God took all the things that he tried to take away from me and he tried to destroy in my life and God had victory. And so there may be some rough times in my testimony coming up ahead, but please hang on because where there's some rough spots and some rough patches and there's some places that are hard to hear, hang on because God still has victory. And there will be some good times and there will be some moments that you're going to hear the goodness of God come through the story in the end. So without any further ado, please hang on for the rest of the story. When I was five years old, my parents lived in Minnesota. They had decided to build a home in a suburb of Minneapolis called Lakeville. And we were doing a lot of traveling between our old home in Minneapolis and our new home that we were building in Lakeville. 
and there was a lot of time in the car. And one day while we were traveling, I asked my mom what it meant to accept Jesus as my personal savior. And my mom paused for a moment and she went on to explain that we all sinned and that the penalty for sin was death and that there was nothing that we could do in our power to pay the price for the sin in our life. But because God loved us so much, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sin and that if we believed in him and asked him into our hearts and accepted him as our Lord and Savior, that it would reconcile and right the relationship between us and God, and we would go and spend forever with him in heaven. And so that day on the front seat of the Lincoln Continental, my mom and I said the sinner's prayer, And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And y'all, I have to tell you that I was so in love with Jesus. I loved him in a special way. And I had a relationship with him. And I felt his presence in a tangible way. And I can't really articulate how I felt his presence other than I can say that when I looked up to heaven, I felt like he was right there with me. I felt his presence almost like you could feel the warmth of the sunshine on your skin when you walk outside in Texas during the summer. And I was so in love with him and so enamored with him and I wanted to tell everyone I knew about him and I wanted everyone to experience the same love that I had for him and my mom tells me that when I was little I would set up lawn chairs in our front yard and I would have the neighborhood kids come over and I would tell them all about Jesus and I would lead them in the sinner's prayer and I would proselytize the whole neighborhood and tell them about Jesus in hopes that they would have a relationship that was something like what I had with Jesus because I was so in love with him. When I was six years old, it was time for me to start kindergarten. And I had to go meet the teacher. And I remember I was pretty shy as a kid. Some of you are probably thinking that's a crazy thought because you know me now. But I was a pretty timid kid if I didn't know you. Once I knew you, it was over and you were mine. But if I did not know who you were, I was a hide-behind-mom's-skirt kind of kid till I really knew who you were. And then once I knew you, it was fair game. At any rate, 
I was very timid and very nervous and very scared about going to meet this kindergarten teacher. And I wasn't really sure I wanted to start kindergarten because I had really been in my mom's care and I had not really been out of my mom's care as long as I could remember. And so going to kindergarten was going to be a pretty big shock for me. So going to meet the teacher was a pretty big day and I was pretty overwhelmed and pretty scared. I remember walking down the hallway and it seemed like a really long hallway. It had windows on both sides of the hall. And I remember there was sunshine streaming in on both sides of the window. And we lived in Minnesota at the time, so it was pretty cold outside because I think it was probably September when we were going to meet the teacher. And so I'm sure I had a sweater or a jacket on. And I remember walking down the hallway and every step we took, I think the grip on my mom's hand got a little tighter because every inch closer to the teacher's door made me just a little bit more nervous. And at one point, the sunshine coming in through the windows penetrated through my sweater I was wearing and I felt the warmth of the sunshine on my skin. And when I felt the warmth of the sunshine, it made me look up to the window. And when I looked up to the window, I remembered something that I had forgotten. A smile washed over my face like nothing else I had ever seen before. Because all of a sudden I remembered I wasn't alone. Yes, my mom was there, but more importantly, Jesus was with me. And when I looked up and saw the sunshine in the window, I knew that Jesus was right there with me. And it was like I could feel him reach down from heaven and take a hold of my hand. And I could feel the tension roll out of my shoulders and I could feel the grip on my mom's hand loosen a little bit. And I'm sure that my chin lifted a little bit. And I believe I became a rock star because now I was walking into kindergarten with not only my mom, but with Jesus by my side. And I don't remember who my kindergarten teacher was. I don't remember what the kindergarten teacher's class looked like. I don't remember any of my friends in kindergarten at all. But I do remember the peace that I felt when I felt Jesus take my hand that day to walk into that kindergarten classroom. And I remember how amazing it felt to know that no matter what happened, Jesus was with me and Jesus was going to be with me no matter where I was and no matter where I was going and no matter what happened. When I was seven years old, my grandfather interrupted my life. He was an ordinary grandfather. He was my dad's dad. He would come over and have dinner at our house. He would bring me 
gifts and toys and candy. He took me to restaurants and would take me out and buy me ice cream. He showered me with attention. At the time, I did not realize it, but the attention was pretty one-sided. I did not know it, but he was not doling out the attention to my sister or my brother. I was not aware of that, one, because I was seven, and two, because I liked the attention, and I was not aware of any of that. My mom had gone to work full-time, and on one of the days that I was homesick, she had asked my grandfather to babysit. And while he was babysitting, um, we were in a tickle war, and the tickling became more than tickling, and it became inappropriate touching, and the inappropriate touching became sexual. And at the time that this occurred, I was not aware that this activity was wrong. I went along to get along, and I loved my grandfather, and so I thought that this showering of affection and this extra attention was just the way that a person shows love. And I believed in my seven-year-old little brain that it was the way that grandfathers showed granddaughters how they loved them. And so because I did not know that it was wrong, I did not raise any red flags. I did not tell anybody what was going on because I, I didn't think anything was happening that was wrong or incorrect. Saying that out loud makes me want to simultaneously vomit and cry because in my 56-year-old brain, I know emphatically that that was wrong and what he did was not okay he should have been the grown-up in that situation and been responsible and not allowed the situation to take place. But he did not do that. In the middle of this situation, my parents decided to move to Texas. So when I was 10... They packed everything up and moved to Texas, and they also sold my grandfather's home and moved him to Texas with them as well. Now, remember, there are no red flags or any indication that anything is wrong or any abuse is going on or anything is happening because I do not think anything is wrong. I don't know I don't know that anything is is happening that shouldn't be happening. And remember, I'm the quintessential people pleaser. And I wish 
that I knew then what I know now, and that is that you do not have to please everybody all the time, that it's okay to say no, and it's okay to stand up and be strong, and it's okay to let your voice be heard. But at that time, as a child, I didn't know that, and I I didn't understand that, and I was just trying desperately to make everybody around me happy and to please everybody all the time. So I moved to Texas and I started fifth grade here in Texas. Somewhere when I got to Texas, I heard something or I saw something on TV or a teacher said something that made me realize what was happening between my grandfather and I was not okay, that it was wrong, that it was inappropriate. And I went to my grandfather the next day and I told him that we would not be participating in such activities any further. I told him that if he tried to touch me again, that I would tell my parents and my parents would kick him out and he would be on the streets. And I was very strong and forceful and he never touched me ever again. When I was 12 years old, I had a dream. And in that dream, my grandfather, my mom and my dad were walking through Six Flags And in that dream, my grandfather fell down as though he was dead. And while he laid on the concrete, a black bird flew over him and then flew up in the sky. And as the black bird flew up in the sky, I woke up and I sat up in the bed and I started weeping. And I realized that if my grandfather died, he was going to go to hell because he did not know Jesus as his personal savior. Now, many people struggle with this process as many people feel he would deserve to go to hell. And now that I have had children, I can understand that sentiment a little bit more. But at the time, God allowed me to see my grandfather through Jesus's eyes. And I went to him the next day and I shared the gospel with him. And I was able to lead him in the sinner's prayer. And he did repent. And he did accept Jesus in his heart. And at that point, I was able to just kind of wash my hands of the whole situation and leave it in God's hands. Because I felt like I could allow God to determine what he wanted to do with the situation. If he felt that my grandfather was truly repentive and felt that he wanted to allow him into heaven, then God was God and God could do what God wanted to do. And it really took the responsibility off of my plate. But it also allowed me to take all of the abuse and all of that information and just wrap it up into a pretty little 
package and put it in a box and seal it tightly and put it into the deepest recesses of my mind and pretend nothing had ever happened because the only people that knew that anything had ever taken place was me and my grandfather and so I did not see that there was any harm keeping the secret. I did not see that there was any harm in going on with my life as though none of this had taken place. So I moved on with my life and I had what I would call a pretty normal high school experience. I was still very involved in the youth group at church and I was dating a lot of boys but I was very innocent in my pursuit of guys at that time. I think a lot of it was related to the fact that I was dating young men that were involved in our youth group and I just had too much respect to go past kissing with the young men that I was dating. It wasn't until my senior year in high school that I started to get more rebellious because I started to go to keg parties and I started to seek out other means of physical ways to fill a void in my life that I didn't quite understand. I believe two things happened when I encountered the abuse at the age of seven. And one of the things was my perception of love was skewed in that I believed that sex and love were the same thing. And the other thing that happened was I believed my relationship with the Lord was skewed and I believed that the Lord no longer looked at me in the same way. I took on a position of shame and unworthiness because of the abuse that had happened in my life. Now, I wasn't consciously aware of this position that I had taken on but I had taken it on nonetheless. And so going into the next season of my life and getting ready to go off to college and getting ready to ramp up and really start dating and start pursuing men and start getting ready to try and find my person to spend the rest of my life with, I am set up for a lot of heartache because I have a broke picker going into a lot of these things because I don't realize it, but I have a ill-conceived notion of what love is and I have a distorted view of what my relationship with God is. 
I still love the Lord and I still want a relationship with God and I still want to pursue that relationship with God, but I am afraid that if I sell out and give my whole life to the Lord, that what the Lord is going to give me is not what I want because I believe somewhere deep inside me that I don't deserve to have a good life because I am ashamed as as to what I have done in my life. This is obvious a lie from the enemy to keep me from pursuing God with my whole heart. But I don't really know this at the time. And so I keep backing away from my relationship with the Lord and I start pursuing the world in hopes that the world can fill this emptiness that I am feeling inside of me because I long for a closer relationship with the Lord, but I am scared to complete that relationship with the Lord because I'm scared if I allow the Lord to have his way in my life that I'm going to end up married to some geek for Christ or worse, I'm going to end up some missionary in some God-forsaken country preaching the gospel to cannibals or something along those lines. And I am terrified to let go and let God lead. So I keep running towards the world and I am going to pause right here and I am going to pick this up with part two of bruised and battered, but not defeated. Thank you guys for spending time with me. Love y'all. Have a great week. Thank y'all so much for tuning in today. If you want to stay in the know for all things Harp Ministries, check out our website at harpministries.org. In there, you'll see the latest episodes of Harp On It, upcoming events, and our newly released book entitled, How Can I Leap Tall Buildings When I Can't Get My Tights On? Thank you again for tuning in today. See y'all next week.